1990, Bon Jovi's Blaze of Glory is burning up the charts. Get it? Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore are practicing sexy ghost pottery in the hit Ghost. And on this day, Travis, Iraqi President Saddam Hussein urges the Arabs to rise against the West. We are the Federation Podcast. I'm Telefudge. I'm Travis Fudge. This is episode 139, WCW Clash of the Champions 12, Fall Brawl, Mountain Madness, <laughs> 1990. <laughs> it drags on so long. So long. It's such a long name. It's, 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 this screams WCW. Oh, absolutely. But you can follow us on Twitter at The Federation. You can follow us on Facebook, The Federation Podcast. You can get t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. Uh, you can also be a part of our illustrious Patreon. Travis, how are you? I am great. How That's are good. you? I'm I'm fighting a slanted mic. My uh my yes. my stand is not really working properly, and I'm hoping that it holds up. But I always feel like I'm leaning back because the mic is telling me to lean back, lean oh, back. Oh wow! Back. Yeah, yeah, baby. Fat Joe, baby. Anyways, we're here. I'm uh, I, we dined on some Bruce Banner, and oh. and just so you guys know, this episode could be a little off the rails because Travis is over there. He looks like he's seeing stars. He's gotten the eyes, looking like Lane Staley. Nah, uh, nah, nah. I, I, I'm not taking speedballs, brother. <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing good. <laughs> doing good. And I'm over here feeling like I'm leaning back. But Travis, let's let's get into the news here in September fifth, nineteen ninety. Aside from Iraq. Desert yeah. Storm, baby! Full board. While baby. we got the Candyman, Bullet Bob, and Steve on this show. Black Scorpion. Brian Armstrong is literally about to fight in Desert Storm. Is he really? He did fight in that war. Oh, and Isn't oh, that right. the war that's yeah. going to happen with the whole Iraq and. Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I'm not all up in my U.S. war history. Uh, but Travis. Backstage, Luger and Junkyard Dog got into a heated incident over, uh, this is in Canada, and uh, the dog, he tripped going for a hot tag by Luger, and Luger started to laugh, and afterwards, JY beat the shit out of him. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Out, like, backstage? Yes. Yes. So that is, uh, you know, WCW. Gotta love it. Owen Hart is also telling WCW that he'll be with them either September or January. I wonder how true this would end up being. Not very true at all. 
he would uh, he would definitely go to the WWF. But this is at a time where you know the Stampede is is done. You know, it, it's in the books. Oh, they, it's they, they've already tried to revive it once, and, it and they work. continue to do it like multiple times after 1990 as well. Yes, exactly. Uh, did you find what you were googling? Yeah, uh, Desert Storm. Operation Desert Storm, sorry, or the Gulf War, whichever one you prefer, started August 2nd of 1990, and Road Dog fought in Operation Desert Storm in 1991. He was a platoon sergeant. Oh, I don't know how important that is, but it sounds 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 somewhat important. I don't know, but he was in the Army apparently from 87 to 93. So you get out and you, start, you become roadie. He's just carrying bags, baby. Yeah. Doing all the work. All kinds of bags. Bags of weed, bags of pills, yes. bags of fucking crack. You know, That's, eh. true. That's true. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to do what you got to do to get by, right? Travis, last week we talked about how WCW might not be able to run in Chicago for Halloween Havoc at the Rosemont Horizon. It comes out later on, the reason why. And it, it strikes true even today. So uh, the WWF decided to rearrange their schedule. And that just happened uh, that they needed to have a house show at the Rosemont Horizon the same night. <laughs> needed it. <laughs> yes. And uh, the Rosemont Horizon, obviously, no slouches. was like, well, we'll take the WWF over to WCW for sure. There's going to be more people there easily. And so now uh, WCW scrambling, and, and they will find another place, another venue. More on that in the weeks to come when we follow uh our asses down to Halloween Havoc and get some treats. Hopefully some good ones. I'm not expecting anything great. but uh, I'm sure that the Black Scorpion hands out some great Halloween treats. Maybe the can- Candyman might as well. Oh, Brad Armstrong. <laughs> I would imagine they so got can. something big for Brad Armstrong at Halloween Havoc being the Candyman. Good Lord. You'd assume so anyways. Sure, this is not WCW news, but uh, Shane Douglas uh, was made to do a, do a job to uh, the Brooklyn Brawler in Georgia in order to break his spirit and make him a gold soldier. Oh, my <laughs> God. That is the insult of all insults. Yeah, so they want, he, he left WCW for uh, just to remind anybody who's keeping track to uh, because he didn't want to sell a heart punch to The Undertaker. And now... He is doing jobs to uh, the Brooklyn Brawler, which is the lowest of low in the WWF. Like, I mean, the only other low that you could accomplish lower than that is perhaps like losing to Barry Horowitz. But he didn't he get a win over Scott Hall in the WF at one point? He ended up getting one win. Brooklyn Brawler. I don't. I, think I remember him getting a getting a win ever like maybe once or twice. Yeah. Speaking of, he's in the dark match of Halloween Havoc 1990. Is he really? Barry Horowitz, yeah. Okay, uh, giving himself a good old pat on the back. Good old pat on the back. Uh, Art Barr confessed to rape allegations. Ooh, Beetlejuice. He, he starts uh, in September with WCW. He does. With the, with the Beetlejuice gimmick, a.k.a. the juice. And, uh, yeah, good job, WCW, for hiring convicted rapists and felons. That's why they call him the love machine. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he, uh, he's definitely a machine. <laughs> All right. I've got a new kind of love. Travis, <laughs> <laughs> also, Mean Mark gave his notice and will be heading to the WWF. Who did he become? I, I, I don't think his career really prospered anything. Really Fair enough. Don't. Maybe he died. Yeah, I think he might have uh, passed away and... Uh, 
You know, maybe uh, became a ghost and haunted some people, maybe. I'm sure Percy Pringle will probably find some way to I, I, rekindle this. Maybe, maybe. He might he might find some enjoyment out of it. Who knows? But on to other big men. Sid Vicious suddenly developed a crippling back injury and is uh miraculously he's not coming back until he heals miraculously or gets a raise. But he just challenged This is well, this is before oh, this Fall is Brawl. Before. Oh, so this is why oh, all yeah. of this happens. Probably, yeah. We're paying and, Sid more, so we need to put him in the main event. Yes, now. exactly. And so, you know, softball is just not cutting it, right? You know, the w, at this point in time, he's making more at softball, I guess. You know, being that all-star at softball that he is in that illustrious sport that makes, oh, so much money. It's like, man, the other day I was watching the World Softball League Championships. Oh, my God. Yeah, man, it was a marvelous thing. Yes. Sid's, was joke, Sid's son? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Sid's son is just a, a Big Brother reality star. Re- reality That's show it. reject. That's pretty much it. Uh, there's also talks that there will not be any more guaranteed contracts, uh, and they're just going to let all their contracts, aside from the key ones, expire and let the WWF take them. And they'll just, uh, that's how they're going to get rid of the expensive talent is just let WWE take them. Because Ole Anderson is okay with just grabbing the cheapest talent yes. that can fill in for as, those roles. As you will tell from the Black Scorpion bit as time progresses. Because it just, it's a never-ending cast of, of a revolving door of people yeah. just coming in and just doing the job. And it's it's miraculous to think that this went on. Like for its full term, I I don't understand. I think I got a couple more pieces of news here, Travis. Uh, staying away from, uh, well, I guess you can. It's about Terry Gordy. He's as much NWA as anything else, I would imagine. But uh, Terry Gordy was on a trip to Japan on June. Uh, this is July twenty seventh. This was a while before, but I mean, our last show was the Great American Bash, so that was what July fifth or something like that. About Ju- that, yeah. So seventh, maybe. I don't- yeah, it might be. But he collapsed due to apparent dehydration, and he ended up in a coma for nine hours. And so uh, they they thought that it was a uh, mixture of Percodan, beer, whiskey, and painkillers, all on an empty stomach. And uh, he's been he was breathing on the respirator. There was no signs of heart trouble. When he woke up, he started tearing up the hospital. But he ended up and but he ended up calming down, staying there for a few days. And uh, they said that he was fine. Turned out he suffered. Pretty severe brain damage from the coma. It's pretty much a zombie for the rest of his life. I heard about that at one point. Yeah. The 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 coma deal. Yeah, and but uh, he lived for another ten years. Something like that. Yeah, he yeah. Continued to wrestle. Yeah, but he was sure. apparently mentally, I guess, it's not the same. That's such a sad. It is. Sad it is a sad story. tale for the end of someone, especially yeah. like that. He was really talented. He was. Like, widely regarded as one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. Well, for a big guy, especially his work over in Japan. And I'm pretty sure he was really young, too. Like, he was not an old guy. He died when he was, like, 40, and that was in, like, 2000, 2001. Like, so when he was on top, and they're, like, not on top, but when he was really popular, he wasn't that old or anything. So it's kind of a tragic tale, I guess. I guess so. I guess so. And uh, I mean, I guess it's a somber way to uh, to end the news. But I mean, we could uh, make this a little less somber because WCW is forever fraught with bad decisions. This is a little segment that we like to call "What the fuck, WCW." What the fuck? 
So the Midnight Express, Travis, uh, they attended a uh, wedding uh, along with Tom Zink and uh, Ron Simmons, Doug Furness. It was uh, Johnny Ace's wedding, not to Nikki Bella's mother, but uh, I guess to uh, the first lady that was stupid enough to marry that weird honky motherfucker. Hang loose, bro. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they all no-showed a show that they told them that they weren't going to be at because it was a Johnny Ace's wedding, and there were no repercussions. A couple of days later, the Midnight Express were both fined $500 for missing a TV taping that they were not aware of and never told of. So uh, what the fuck, WCW? That's like pretty much what both of them make. No, not not right? what both of them make, what they make together on one night. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, well, before their downside agreement kicks in. Yeah. 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 It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it was like 250 or something. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, and Travis, you know, speaking along these same lines, there was newspaper ads for Sting. And Travis, they didn't really like the way Sting's body looked. So what they did was they uh, hired a bodybuilder and pasted Sting's head on top of it and ran the ads. No. Because, Travis, you know, what the fuck, WCW? What the fuck? And this is a short week for uh, for what the fuck, WCW, but Dustin Rhodes has been made a deal to debut at WCW. And they even aired an interview with Ern Anderson on TV where he talked about Dustin. But then the WWF said, oh, we're going to hire him. And WCW aired it anyways. <laughs> what the fuck, WCW? <laughs> Oh my god. There wasn't as much they're not doing as much stupid shit. But I mean, the news had some stupid shit sprinkled in there as well. The stupid shit that maybe could have belonged in WC what the fuck WCW, but I'm so you're getting humbled by Junkyard Dog? Yeah. It's pretty funny. It is pretty it's funny. It's pretty what the fuck WCW. It's, pre- it's it's what the fuck, but WCW did not cause it. No, no, but it's a guy that is in a top role, and yes. he's obviously letting it get to his head. Like, Luger well, will admit that to this day, that yeah. he let all of that shit get to his head. I, I agree with you there. I mean, but when you got uh, a fucking crack, coked out junkyard dog. That's true. Who's attacking somebody for laughing at him falling down. Like, that guy... He has a deep and raspy voice because that motherfucker smokes so much cocaine. <laughs> and he's forever. He sounds like this because he smokes the pot. And, and he's also uh, fucking Mama Cornette, too. So, yes, he is. That uh, that does not really bode well for for your voice. I wouldn't say maybe if he got his his some influence from Michael Douglas, who uh, said he got throat cancer from uh, Cunnilingus. Yeah, well, like maybe that. Who was, was he fucking eating? Catherine oh. Zeta Jones. He must have ventured into some other territory of like some foreign prostitutes or something. I mean, he did have. He was a star in a movie where a a a John, I guess, brought a prostitute and made her into a high class citizen. Pretty one, pretty woman. He's in Pretty Woman. I thought that was Richard Gere. That is Richard Gere. Never mind. Michael Douglas was in Wall Street and did all kinds of drugs. I digress. Travis, that's not our movie of the week. Our movie of the week is Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg, the finer Goldberg of the two. (laughs) Actually, eh, she's second to Goldberg from Mighty Ducks. But other than that. I'm going to go with uh, Adam Goldberg or 
just, from just the Goldbergs? The, the whole family of the Jewish uh, the Goldbergs. <laughs> I, the, the TV show. Yeah. Well, Travis, with, uh, with that uh, Jewish joke, let's, uh, let's get into the show. No, I know. <laughs> so Travis, after hearing the marvelous Clash music that we hear every second episode, this is actually probably going to be our last Clash episode mm-hmm. because nobody really wants to listen or nobody really wants to watch. What's it called? Something Thunder? Thanksgiving Thunder. Thanksgiving Thunder. Main evented by Ric Flair taking on Doom's Butch Reed. Yeah. And that's not my cup of tea. Not not because uh Butch Reed is not a, a good worker, but just eh, does Ric Flair, he, no Ric Flair doesn't even have a title. Like you know? what's the what's the it does he have a title at that point in time? No. No, well so what's the main event? Like what? No, this is this is supposed to be a clash of champions. Not a clash of nobodies. Yeah, maybe. like it, it's a real lackluster card. Yeah, and Halloween Havoc, man, it's a fucking ma- It's a card of like twenty fucking ma- like enough twenty, but like fifteen matches. Oh, that's so hard. There's a dreadful amount of matches on this. So show. hard on my heart. Oh my god, I cannot wait to watch that show. Oh, I'm so kidding. <laughs> ah. It might be good. I, we'll see. We'll see. But Travis, we're here to talk about NW Clash Champions, 12 Fall Brawl, Mountain Madness. And this is obviously, obviously, obviously. September 5th, 1990. We're at Asheville, North Carolina at the Civic Center, just the Civic Center. 4,000 people here. Travis, the rating that this thing did on TV, what do you think they did? WWE does like a what? uh 3.2 or something like that now 3.1 a solid two five whoa in fact this clash of champions uh it was the most widely viewed show in the history of the promotion but it was also <laughs> one of the worst uh even with uh it did a 5.0 rating and it beat the viewership for the first clash which uh is due to tbs being obviously in more homes now and further, the uh, the matches itself, the two top build matches, did six point eight. Wow! Yes. Well, Luger and Flair did main event Wrestle War, as they yep. do let us know and remind us. That's true. But it, I-, I could see that popping a big rating on TV. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And uh, it was also the most watched matched, <laughs> most watched wrestling match in television history at that point. Because I'm pretty sure Steve Austin versus The Undertaker in 1999. Seven point something, didn't it? It did an outrageous number. Yeah. yeah. I, it probably is to that point in time, but it's crazy that that's the most That's WCW is achieving this, yeah. Yes. Yes. Especially with this fucking setup. Yeah. Although, um, speaking of setups, I, I like the look of this clash. I was going to say, I really do like uh, the way the apron or the, the, the oh, ramp is the coming diag- to the corner. The one going right to the corner. Yeah. Uh, I like, the, I don't know, rafters and everything. It, it wasn't a uh, conventional arena. No. I, it looked more like, it had, it had a uh, Manhattan Center vibe, in my opinion, but bigger. A, a bigger, yeah, Way bigger. bigger. Like, it had an upper bowl, but the upper bowl was very sparse with people. Yeah. Not a lot of people there. And uh, Soli and JR are here, and they're, uh, they're going Bob. over. Yes, that was Bob. It was Bob in the beginning, too, right? 
at the beginning promo. That was that. Okay, that was Bob. Sorry, Gordon Zoli. We'll talk to you in a bit. But uh, they're here to promote the lucky callers that will talk to Sting on the hotline between 8 and 8.30. Oh. At 1-800-whatever-the-fuck. Gotta love it. You got to so Usually they redact the number. Yeah, but it's all plastered. It's plastered everywhere on the yeah, show. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of shady. I have to put blurs up everywhere. <laughs> oh, well, they did. They, they, have, they have went there. They have, they have. Well, more went there when they had legal troubles at the WWF. Yes, thank God that's over because yes. those edits are unbearable to watch. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Now, Travis, speaking of unbearable to watch, this show for the best five seven eighths of the show is unbearable. I thought it went by fast. Well, it went I by fast, not- sure, because it was only two hours. Well, you know, I've watched some bad wrestling that goes by really slow. I've watched some of these WCW shows that go by really slow, and they're not good. But this one went by fast, and I'm not saying that it was good, but I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) I'm not going to say that it was bad, but it was... Fair enough. I, I for one, think the, the show right up until the last two matches was abysmal. Really, I didn't like either two matches. I th- I thought Flair and Luger was a very very visible notch down from Wrestle War. It was. It was. It was still a a decent match. Um, the and in my opinion, the Black Scorpion and Sting stuff, the match itself was more than I expected. I, I thought it was so boring. I thought that I'll go. I was going to go into this and think Al Perez. This is I don't know who this guy is. I bet you this is going to be horrible. Turns out Al Perez looks good and he works decently for 1990, and the match is passable. But now the shenanigans that went on in that match. Oh my! We'll God. get at the first Travis. We have the fabulous Freebirds with Buddy Roberts. Yeah, Buddy on, Lee. Yes, taking on the Southern Boys. Which is again Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers, and there with Bullet Bob Armstrong. Yes, and this was supposed to be um, what? What does JR call it? An Australian tag rules match? Yes, where the three, th- three on three, but fucking Buddy Lee hurt his arm or something. Yes, that's true. He got injured or whatever the fuck it is, and it, it starts off with a music video of Michael P. S. Hayes performing the Freebirds theme. Then they come out in a Confederate Macho Man gimmick. That was not so cool. That No, that was a little awkward. So honestly, you do have the American Civil War going on right now in this. You got, or, or, or like one side taking on each other because both are donning the Confederate flag. So yes. the boys and the Freebirds. Yes. By the way, how many Confederate flags do you need in one, com- uh, one, one match? Let alone in one, one company. Yeah. 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 But they are in North Carolina. Yeah, they, uh, they they do have what, their what's so it was the South that yes. had the Confederate flag, yes. right? Okay, yes, they uh, they wanted, I guess, their their own rights. That's what I assume. That's why the South is so different than the North. Sons of the soil. So, there you go. I don't know what that's from, but it does sound apropos. <laughs> okay, but Travis, in a nutshell, this feud is about finding out who the real Southern boys are. And the Freebird, they gained the extra points in the Flair department. So they got they got their sparkles. They're, they're still got their, their face paint. They're, they're keeping up with the vine. 
they're having well, a good they time. They chose to not be as divine. Uh, they're not as people. divine, no. But they're, they're still they still holding on to uh, their newfound roots, I suppose. And uh, I mean, the Smothers he ends up getting the hot tag at some point in time. Uh, Steve Armstrong ends up cleaning house. The ref, he gets distracted by Buddy Roberts, whose arm seems to be completely healed. Bullet Bob, he even punches Hayes. Steve gets a near fall. That's that's the first highlight I have for this match. Smothers using karate on yes. Garvin was my first highlight. Really. I, I suppose. He, he had a gr- Smothers is very athletic. Very, yeah, I, I, I think uh there's a va- if you if the only Tracy Smothers you've seen is ECW Tracy Smothers. You should go out of your way and watch some early Tracy Smothers. It's really good. Yeah, and that's a cool thing about watching this weird timeline of WCW is that you can see a lot of people that progressed later and didn't really have as much athletic ability. But yeah. At this point, they do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, fucking Tracy Smothers. He is a very shining example out of that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I quite enjoy the Southern Boys uh, that Freebirds, or not Freebirds, uh, Midnight Express. That was a really good match. That was a really fun match. Steve Armstrong, he's really good coming in for a hot tag and just doing that really fucking um, really quick comeback. You know, the big cross bodies, drop kicks, and shit like that. It's a lot like Brad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. By by Brad, I mean Brad Armstrong, his brother. (laughs) Just in case of anyone. The Candyman. The Candyman. Future WWF ref. No. No, is that Steve? No, we we went over this in a conversation. Explain this to me again, then, because I didn't take, and it probably won't take again because so, I'm Bruce Banner. But Scott Armstrong works Scott. Is, works as a referee. Scott Scott Armstrong, yeah, yes, that's right, yeah. that's right. I believe one of them's dead, right? Candyman's dead. Brad is dead. Yes, Brad has passed on. Yes, that's Old true. Bob lives. Succumb to a sweet tooth, I guess. But uh, the boys, <laughs> they, they attempt a couple double shoulder blocks. They then hit a double sunset flip on the Freebirds, and they pick up the victory. So yeah, tandem, tandem, and this is where they cut to a replay, and Jr. gives us a glimpse of the first time we've heard the international object instead yes. of the foreign object. Because you were talking about that on the news, right? Yes. Like yes. Uh, last time. Yes, I believe. How they're no longer allowed to use foreign object, and so be it. They actually did go through. Like to me, I've heard rumblings of that, and always thought it was like a little like sarcastic joke. It was like this is how far they took it, but no, they really did. Yeah, they really did go there, and that's that's. It's neither disappointing or shocking. It's just like, yeah, no. At this point in time, I I don't expect anything less. <laughs> really. <laughs> You man. keep on throwing shit at us. It's yeah. not going to phase it's us anymore. Phase, I'm not even ducking no more, man. No. I'm just confronting it dead on. It's like, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> Wild. But yeah, that uh, that's the first match. It was, you know, I, I, I will admit this match was decent. This I, I, was a really good opener. And then, um, I don't know. They just have a bunch of shitty, shitty matches leaving us in after. Oh, that. they they really do, and and really, it's not like they speed the train up going into the next match. They kind of uh, put on the retard brakes. Oh, oh, and, uh, no uh, pun intended. No, uh, no pun intended. You're right. And the Steiners have a promo, and you know we always let you hear the Steiners promos because they're outlandish as fuck. Yeah, but Travis is telling me to hold on for a second. It's probably going to be said in the interview, so never mind. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. 
Okay, Jim Ross, thank you very much. They are new U.S. Tag Team Champions. Scott and Rick Steiner winning the belts they from the Midnight like Express in the Meadowlands back so. on August 24th. The Scotty's got to feel good to be champions once again. That's right, Tony. You know, I'm excited for two reasons. The first one being we're giving the people champions that they can cheer for. The second reason, this now makes us the number one contenders for this World Tag Team Champions. Doom! You can't design, deny us a rematch any longer. <laughs> Those World Tag Team titles are coming back across our waist. Okay, now Rick, tonight on TBS against Maximum Overdrive, you know nothing about them. The they have nothing to lose against you guys tonight. Tony, have you ever heard of them? Not at all. What strategy we, you got? We've never heard of them either. My brother and I go up to the ring. We never have any strategy. I never know what Good I'm going to do. He may know a little bit. But we always go out to the ring with nothing on our mind. And every time we get in the ring, we just do whatever comes natural. Doom, you had your chances being the champions. You told us, go back down to the bottom and wrestle all those bums down there. Well, we went down, and this is proof. We're coming back, Doom. Guarantee it. Okay, fans, let's go back to the ring. He speaks in sound bites. He, he does, and very quick, shouty sound bites. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It really is truly awe-inspiring. <laughs> fucking rick steiner man he, no strategy no no strategy we just know a little bit yeah no 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 scott might know a little bit scott might but know he's got bit. nothing yeah right because he's he's the dumb brother and scott's the muscly smart brother they all wanted to be teachers man just yelling fat asses <laughs> and just barking at kids you imagine rick steiner just some kid is acting up in school rick steiner just gets down on all fours and starts chasing a kid barking at him trying to bite the bum Man, like you're gonna get the call. Cops called on you, like the candy well, they, man. Well, they banned spanking, so, so you gotta find a new strategy. And Rick, he doesn't do strategy very well, so that's what comes up. Comes up. He just likes to eat fat asses. Oh yeah, eating them right out. Um, 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 um. Speaking of fat asses, oh, 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 Travis, this is a yes. Buddy Landell is treating us with his, his prosterior and his new Skid Row tattoo. Yeah, he's paying tribute to a band that was mediocre at best, and the lead singer did not find any relevancy until he cameoed on Trailer Park Boys. That's very true. Sebastian Bach. But Tyler. Oh. We are introduced to the winner of the Burger King Ringmaster Contest. Yes. Is she she's she's uh she's valeting Mike Rotunda. Yes. The sea captain. Yes. So she Burger- must have she must have ate a lot of the fish burger at Burger King. Oh my god. So Burger King is sponsoring a contest to write poetry on wrestling. Yes. Like seriously, you cannot even make this shit up. This is so <laughs> fucking crazy. I searched so hard to find her poem and never could find it. Oh, she she was probably the only entrance. She could have been. Very well possible. Like, where was this being participated in? Probably, like, North Carolina one, and Georgia? One, probably one Burger King in, in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they had two Burger Kings, there's two competing for each other so you can get the most names. But, uh, yeah, no. Congrats to Miss Cindy Anderson for, uh, for walking down the ramp. And walking back must have been fun. Too bad to give you a slouch like Mike Rotunda. Tyler, I only have three things written down for this match. Well, first off, that. first off, the first thing we'll say is Lindell, he did not look like he was doing very well. Uh, he wasn't picking at his dick anymore, <laughs> but everything he touched, he fucked up. So I can only imagine how fucked up his dick looks because, man, Jesus, the nature boy, this man is not. 
yet he goes by the moniker. Well, okay, so he does put in the effort to stand out from Flair a little bit. Like, other than the Skid Row tattoo. Uh, what, flexing his non-existent muscles? No. He's even got the, the armpit stretch marks like Ric Flair. <laughs> so, <laughs> he may lower his knee pad like Ric Flair. Yeah. But he only wears one knee pad. <laughs> it's because he's too poor to buy the second one, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> he just wasn't poor, wasn't poor enough to fucking <laughs> to get a, a, a like a like a sequence robe. Oh, oh, well, I mean, it's so just you can buy markers. Is he, yeah, I suppose. I'm sure he just bought those robes at a discount price off Flair because he ripped them or something. So. See, I figured that him and the Black Scorpion just got their robes at the same place. I I, I, I doubt it. I think the Black Scorpion because his is at Halloween Alley. Because, <laughs> man, what a tacky getup that was. Oh, God, with the rope. Rope around. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Travis, Buddy Landell, he tries to get leverage on the ropes both times during his submission. He would be way too close to the ropes, and he would stumble. Uh, it, it just looked lazy. Everything was the shit in this match. Just god-awful garbage. Yeah, the air was sucked out of the room. It, was it really was. really bad. Uh, thankfully, Rotunda backslides Landell, and he gets the win, and this match is over. And Bob Cottle says, Rotunda wins with a wrestling move. <laughs> Good observation, Bob Cottle. <laughs> yes, god Bob, damn. that is correct. Speaking of Bob Cottle, he's having uh, quite the, uh, the feud with... Uh, MC Burberry of, uh, you know, bitching with burbs on the SCL channel, which I host every Friday or Saturday. Doesn't matter. It's one of those days it goes up. Can't really say any more than that. But yeah, if you want to see an old man get his ass kicked, I think it's going to happen soon. Will Will one of them win with a wrestling move? If, 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 if Bob Cottle can announce that match while getting his ass kicked, then maybe, maybe he will. Fair enough. Maybe it just might be a kick to the balls. Who knows, man? Burberry spent a couple weeks in jail now. He's he's hard. uh, What is it? Brisket? What's that? It's a brisket that he eats? No, uh, corned beef hash. hash. So he had brisket, yes. I mean, he could get kicked in the brisket. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't eat too much. I I hope. Dehydrate him like like Terry Gordy. I don't think I don't think he's got the uh, the deadly concoction of like your brain damage going to a coma. Oh, uh, Bob Cottle already has brain damage, Travis. I don't know. I don't know, Jim. <laughs> Travis, uh, Tony Schiavone is with all three. Two. There's only oh, nobody. No, he's with, with all their, three. All three members of the Freebirds, and uh, they 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 spew a little promo, but then they cut to the Freebirds arriving in Hollywood in their their limo because they're big ass. Tyler. Stars. This should have been filmed by a camcorder and aired at the Freebirds like family reunion because this was a video of them being fucking tourists. It was. It like, was. Okay, what do they do? They eat hot dogs and visit Capitol Records. Oh, oh we. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the South version of hip. How how are they the best rock and roll band? By the way, like I I, they, I don't know, but they, I think that's a part of their heel term that they say they're the best rock and roll band. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think by no means does anybody actually think they're the best rock and roll band, but it just garners so much heel heat when they think they're and they're saying and you think that they think they're the best rock and roll band. It's it's like it's like a troll who support who pretends to support Trump but doesn't. It's just to get people's attention riled. Trolls on the internet 
our modern day wrestling heels. I, I'd still like to see like Jimmy Garvin play guitar or something like that. I mean, I'm sure it's absolutely horrible. Buddy Roberts play drums like the one arm drummer from Def Leppard. <laughs> I don't. I I I feel like that uh, would end badly. Okay. I feel. I feel. I feel like he does not have rhythm. Well, it could just be like Millie Vanilli. Girl, you know it's true. Girl, you know it's true. But uh, they finish it off in full house fashion, breaking the fourth wall, laying on one lo- well, sorry, laying a one liner on us and getting back into the limo as the crowd cheers on. It, it, it was too much for me to even want to recap. Fuck this whole video. I uh, I didn't like it. Trust you have anything to say before we get into the next match? No, I am very excited to get into the next match. Well, Travis, the last, the the, the, the next, the next, sugar, the next match is the Lightning Express. I was trying to say the Lightning Express, but I was saying next match at the same time, and it was like Lightning <laughs> Express. Oh wow, that's uh, some. Black Lodge shit right hey, there. It, we're going to get more Black Lodge shit too later on. Uh, but Lightning Express, which is black. No. No. Oh. I, I, my my mouth has gone full <laughs> retard. Travis, can you? So the next match is the Lightning Express, Brad Armstrong, the Candyman, and uh, White Lightning. Yes. Tim Horner. Yes. White Lightning. Yes. So you think <laughs> instead of the Lightning Express, when they had the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express. Now they have the Lightning Express. Wouldn't Ooh. you call them like the Lightning Candy or maybe the Lightning Bolts? Oh, yeah. I mean, but the Express is still played out. Tim Horner is cheating on his already in the top 10 tag team partner, Mike Rotunda, because in the top 10 for the tag team titles, he is That's very true in the top 10 with sea captain Mike Rotunda. But God damn it, when the Burger King contest winner wants to fucking walk Mike Rotunda Burger down to King the ring, ring master she contest. fucking gets it. Oh, they need yeah. to do that again. I, I would uh, I would slay in that contest with my, my poetry And you could styles. valet Mike Rotunda to the ring. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Instead of Mike Rotunda, you get the valet at Bo Rotunda. <laughs> Man. I, I, I would not do it. That, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I might uh, have to rethink my whole outlook on life. If yeah, I'll, I'll just get the burger. Thanks. No poetry. Yeah, yeah please. Just hold the pickles and onions. That's all I ask. I'll take them. I'll take Travis, them. this is the debut of the Master Blasters. There you go. The team from post-apocalyptic Detroit. Yes, you heard me correctly. Their names are Blade and Steel. Actually, also, it's Iron. Sorry, Blade and Iron or Iron and Steel? Iron and Steel. Iron and Steel. But I'm pretty sure Blade is the next one. That could be true. Because, girl, girl, you know it's true. Al Green doesn't last long. And Kevin Nash. No, Iron doesn't. Al Green. Iron isn't Al Green. Oh, no? No. Well, fuck. I guess uh, nobody really even acknowledges this because I just looked up Master Blasters and copied and pasted their names. No, apparently Al Green became Master Blaster Blade, Blade after enough. Iron. So, okay, tell me about Iron then. Nobody knows a damn thing about Iron. They don't even That's know his the name. Thing. Nobody knows a damn thing about Iron. Um, after this match ends, Jim Cornette, the only man that I know that has a story about Master Blaster Iron, I'd like to see Kevin Nash's take on this, actually. <laughs> but um, he said that, apparently, story goes... He got a bus ticket home, got on a bus. No one ever saw him again. But this isn't the match where he loses his mind, though. 
that they do say like when when he when he fucking talks about it in timeline that it is this match that they're talking about the where he just raises his hands and there's what am I, I didn't see that I didn't see it either I didn't see that so so the story goes is that at one point Iron fucked up a bunch of spots with uh, Brad Armstrong who's a well renowned great yes. worker and he fucked up all these shoulder block spots. Which he did in this match. There was a lot of blown spots. He there made was. Kevin Nash look great. Oh, Kevin Nash looked like a million bucks and compared to this way, guy. By the way, Steel is Kevin Nash. This yes. is Kevin Nash's first match. With a mohawk and grease on his face. Yeah, there's fucking charcoal everywhere. Because they're from post-apocalyptic Detroit. Mad Max, right? That's yeah, they, what they're achieving. They had a uh, great uh, adaptation of what Detroit would look like 20 years later. <laughs> they did. Um, but at one point, after he blows a bunch of spots, apparently... Iron goes up to Kevin Nash, and th- as they're watching from the back, Jim Cornette and the boys, they can see Iron raise his hands and just kind of look like he's saying, what am I supposed to do? What do I do? <laughs> so even if this isn't the match that had happened, God knows that this can't be Al Green, because this guy was absolutely awful. He... he he no, no you're right. He was. He was really bad. Uh, he does. He did miss a lot of shoulder tackles. He fucked up a bunch of headbutts, uh, and and you know, like they're, they're the worst headbutts that I've ever seen, and I believe ever will see. Yeah. And uh, Nash, though he he delivers the running elbow. He then, you know another shitty elbow. Then he shows us his crazy eyes before clubbing the Candyman. But seriously, Travis, what the fuck is up with the name The Candyman? Uh, it makes no sense. And I mean, okay, Brad Armstrong, he has definitely been in WCW before. This. Oh, yeah. What's the reasoning for just all of a sudden calling guy, a guy a Candyman? This would know. not work in today's society. They no, deem him up like a, 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 child a, a pedophile. Yeah. Especially with that hairdo. Man, the jerry curls are strong with that one. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Master Blasters would win with a double shoulder tackle in, onto Tim Horner. And uh, luckily, we're taken out of our misery here. Tyler, okay. So on September 22nd, 1990, Blade was a, a replacement for Iron, who left World Championship Wrestling only after one match. So this was the only match that Iron wrestled. So it has to be this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has to be. And Al Green does surprisingly look a lot like Iron, too. Like bald, goatee, big dude. But yeah, yeah, he was Blade. And uh, after this, they go on a undefeated streak right into October. <laughs> wow, a whole month. And I mean, we do see them on Halloween Havoc. We do. Yeah, so, we do. Yeah. But Travis, Tony Schiavone is backstage with Flying Brian. And, and uh, there's really nothing important in this whole promo, in my opinion, other than the running the gauntlet that they're talking about. Cause, Flying Brian doesn't really have much to say. It's, it's very lackluster. No, because he's he doesn't even win it. No, Scott Steiner wins the gauntlet. Is, is Scott Steiner becomes the first guy to run the gauntlet? Yeah, he he's the only guy that runs the gauntlet, and um, at the same time, he beats Ric Flair in a match too. Oh goddamn! Yeah, goddamn. So uh, basically, if if you're if you don't understand, running the gauntlet is a new concept by WCW, and we wonder where NWA TNA got these stupid fucking concepts. If a wrestler wins three consecutive bouts during either Friday's Power Hour, Saturday's WCW, and Sunday's main event, he will win fifteen thousand dollars. If he loses, the loser gets the money, and that's, like all three losers get five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they ask Brian how that makes him feel, and he just gives generic answers and. Uh, 
Tony Savani just ships us back to uh, Missy Hyatt. Yes. She's with uh, the greatest champion of ever. Oh, my God. Here's Missy Hyatt. Thanks, Jim. And now I would like to introduce the greatest world champion of ever. He is outspoken, (laughs) controversial. He is nature boy, Rick. that you can beat that egomaniac Lex Luger for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. Well, Missy Darling, we have one thing in common, if nothing else, baby. You are all the way live tonight. And as we all know to be a truth, Ric Flair is styling and profiling in Asheville. Yeah. This is just a regular Ric Flair promo. It goes on. He for rambles it. on Luger so much. It does. It, it, you, you don't need to hear it. It's just everything you ever heard before. But the Missy Hyatt little bit in the beginning makes me believe that I should add Ric Flair to the list of Hyatt. I'm pretty sure that that's why she got on TV this night. <laughs> Maybe. The night before some things happened. One thing led to another. Ric Flair bribed her with being on TV in exchange for sex. With his, with his crooked dick. She claims his dick is very crooked. Whoa. Good hook Captain to the left. Hook. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the, you know, Missy Hyatt claims that he's the greatest champion of ever. And then we're shown Jackie motherfucking Fulton. <laughs> I don't know why I'm putting emphasis on Jackie Fulton. This guy looks and, like he got rejected from Jeff and Dale's. <laughs> and we're graced with the presence of the Red Rooster uh, taking on the Nasty Boys. Yeah. Brian Knobs yeah. and Jerry Sags. Bob Cottle calls them a power team. Yes. Powerful smelling. Yes. And uh, Jackie Fulton, uh, this is the first time him and Terry Taylor have ever teamed up, even though both are tag team specialists. And even though JR says, well, let me run this through, okay? JR first says that Missy, uh, they thinks Missy was trying to get out of her dress. With oh, Flair. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And then he says that Taylor and Fulton have wrestled together for years. He states that they've, he then states that they've never tagged until tonight. Yeah, he, he kind of had to specify what he meant. Yes, yes. But um, uh, my my favorite part of this is that uh, he says that Jackie's partner, his uh, b- brother from the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton, he is abroad, <laughs> so he cannot wrestle with B- Jackie, his brother. <laughs> he he, is he did abroad. say that, and I did fucking remember that, and I did not get it for the art of commentary, which is coming up. But uh, no, that. The nasty boys, they, they, they look a lot younger here. Smaller, slender, a little faster. Yes. Brian Knobs does not look like a disgusting piece of human trash. Not yet, not yet. But this is the first time that we've seen the nasty boys in our WCW arc. And to be honest, Travis, they will be gone in a couple months. Good. And they will go, and uh, one of them will be in the final four of the Royal Rumble in uh, January. So, Oh, they'll be back when Hulk Hogan comes. Yes, they'll, they'll be, be back, back in like 1993, 1994. So we won't be here. Luckily, our uh, space pod from the future picks us up and we get the fuck out of here because mm-hmm. I am afraid of Osa- of a of, uh, Iraq. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Desert storm, baby. Yeah. No need. No need. But Travis, Sid Vicious is with Tony Schiavone. Should we should we check in on uh, Sid Vicious, who is very hot in the face? Oh, it rules. It, <laughs> the world. Oh, I forgot. Nine, three, thirty, big Sid Vicious. I had the volume. Tony Savani, 
I want to send a message. I want to send a message to you, Stinger. You've got something I want. And that's that world belt. And I deserve it more than any other person in the NWA. Tell you what, he still has a big match with a black scorpion still to come. The black scorpion, I don't care about the black scorpion. I don't care about Stan Hansen. I don't care about Lance Rigger. I only care about one person, and that's me and that belt around my waist. All right, Sid Vicious of the Boar Horseman and a challenge to the world champion Sting. Sid Vicious rules. <laughs> it's the visual. It's the visual. It is. It, this promo's over, and he just grabs the mic, and he's, he's just Sid Vicious rules. Right directly into the camera, breaking that fourth wall. Oh, it is amazing. You, nobody can doubt Sid Vicious's intensity. Yeah, that's one thing. That's for sure. And in case you're wondering, Nobbs caught Fulton in midair for a power slam. Then Nobbs tags Sags, who hits a flying elbow, and they get the pin. Nasty boys win. This match was that unmemorable. Yeah, there was nothing memorable about that match whatsoever. But this brings us to, like Travis alluded, uh, the whip that you can hear into the promo. Bill Wild Bill Irwin takes on Wildfire Tommy Rich. And this is a battle of the better use of the word wild. And it's, you know, Tommy Wildfire, Tommy Rich, man, he's he's got his hair cut again. Oh, man, what a mean mullet. He oh. looks more and more like Dustin Rhodes every time we see him. He's sporting to Billy Ray Cyrus, man. And he's wearing his patriotic tights to hide all of his ass sweat. Yeah, Bob Cuddle likes it. He does. Bob Cuddle actually says he does like it. Even though his tights look more like the Puerto Rican flag. There's only one star, so it's 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 a little misleading. Yeah. Um. I love the excessive use of Bill Irwin's bull rope or um, his uh, his whip. Yeah. Like, um, it, 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 honestly, if I had one of those, I'd probably like use it so nons- nonsensically too, just like constantly and constantly. But I find that he's like kind of in a way jabbing the other wrestlers by doing it. Like Sid Vicious is cutting a promo. So he's going to be like, <laughs> well, shit, Sid, I'm just going to be. Whim, while you're doing your promo. If your single Sam can get on TV during Harley Race's promo, then I can too. They called me wild for a reason. Yeah, I'm I'm wild and I'm a goon. And then, honestly, the best part about it is when Tommy Rich has his entrance. He's he's on he's on the ramp, but Bill Irwin still whipping. And Tommy mm-hmm. Rich is like backing up on the ramp, even though he's like like twenty feet away from him. And Tommy Rich, he's backing up. But it's almost like a story is being told with this whip where like Tommy Rich takes off his fucking jacket and he's still going back and he's still going back. And then all of a sudden he fucking bolts for it and beats the shit out of Wild Bill Irwin all of this match. Missy Hyatt probably gave him a kiss and maybe gave him his own souvenir and it gave him the uh, the luster to go get him. Well, you know, maybe he had a souvenir. Maybe maybe a T-shirt, maybe a T-shirt of such. Or maybe he gave wild bill Irwin a souvenir i mean he did he did give him a non-memorable match so if that's a souvenir then so be it tyler the most memorable part of this match though is did you catch jr's uh great tidbit on commentary i don't know um where he's talking about paulie spending two years at princeton 
thus he's a very educated uh, person. They were talking about Paul Lee at that point in time? Yes. Why were they talking about Paul Lee? Uh, something to... Because I remember hearing that and just being like, oh, he's probably talking about one I of these losers. I think it was losers. something to do with the TV coming up. Mm. But um, Cottle assumed that Princeton was a prison, so Cottle did... He no-sold this completely. <laughs> like, he didn't say a word, and then JR had to, like, keep on saying, like, well, that's, that's why I think that he's smart. And Cottle's like... Well, Jim, when you're talking about he uh, spent uh, periods there, I thought that you meant that it was a prison. <laughs> I don't Man, know. It, it was just really smarts. Bob, Bob Cottle never claims to be hip, but uh, Tommy uh, Tommy Rich almost fucks up the uh, Bret Hart spot, you know, in the corner that one he did with Mister Perfect and the pin and shit like that. Yeah, uh, he then applies a headlock that lasts for days and days. Uh, Tommy then reverses a power slam into a sleeper, which. I will admit, was pretty cool. Yep. And then hits Fez plus Press for the victory. Not so cool. Equally uncool. So that was that. Again, Wildfire Tommy Rich, not my thing. Not my and Terry. JR hit. loves every time we see Tommy Rich, he loves to go on about how much weight Tommy's losing. Yep. He's, he's, he's trying to get down to 20, 20 pounds to make him leaner and to increase his stamina. And and lower on his ass sweat, for sure. Now, Travis, they've also been talking about the illustrious WCW top ten. This is a list that you know WWE tried to do it lately, a year ago. Didn't really last long. I wouldn't imagine this lasted long because how often are you going to have your number one contender be the U.S. champion? Great idea, though. It is a great idea, but you can't do every match. As the U.S. champion against the world champion. No, because it diminishes the value of the United States title if you want to advance another guy over the yeah. U.S. champion. Like, what happens when the world champion beats the U.S. champion? Does he just go down a couple notches? I feel like he should go down to three. Yeah, and then, okay, well, what happens if there's a new U.S. champion? Does he automatically go up to two? There are flaws in this. There are. There are flaws. There, there are, are flaws. flaws. But, I mean... There's ways around it, but let's go through. We got two top tens, tag team top ten, and a t- and a singles top ten. It's crazy that they've got a top ten for tag teams. That blows my mind. Yeah, a lot of these are very makeshift. It it is, but in the uh, the WCW singles top ten, we have number one being Lex Luger, the U.S. champion. Number two being Ric Flair. Number three, Arn Anderson, which is the television champion. Number four, Barry Windham. Five, Sid Vicious. Number six, Stan the Lariat Hanson. You remember that one. Number seven, Flying Brian. Number eight, JYD. Number nine, Tommy Rich. Number 10, Buddy Landell. Buddy fucking Landell. I feel like it's a conflict of interest to have two nature boys in this top 10, especially when they present the <laughs> As on the both visual. Nature boy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is very, very makeshift and Bush League. What and are stupid. they thinking? Like, are they doing this intentionally to piss Ric Flair off? <sighs> Maybe. Very possible. Because. There is a subtle nuance uh, in the Flair and Luger match. I don't know if you caught it. I don't know. Bring it up to me when we get there. Yeah, I will. Uh, the top 10 tag teams would uh, be number to Doom's world title. Teams we don't see at all tonight. At all. Because Black Scorpion takes their place. Because, I mean, he's just as much Doom as they are. Yep. But uh, we have the, the Steiners, the U.S. champions. Then we have the Rock and Roll Express, the Horsemen, the Midnight Express, the Southern Boys, the Fabulous Freebirds, Samoan SWAT Team, which 
They're not even in the company anymore. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen them for months. Nope. Flying Brian and Z-Man, who hasn't wrestled together for months. The Junkyard Dog and El Gigante is number nine. And number 10 is Mike Rotunda and Tim Horner. The tag team in distress. Yes. That's why they're number 10. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the WCW top 10. And then let's pick up halfway through Stan Hansen's promo, full of tobacco spit all over his body and spreading it everywhere. He's with Tony Schiavone, and he has a problem with his ranking in the top 10, much like Randy Orton. Is Lex Luger the U.S. champion, followed by Ric Flair, number two, and you were ranked number six. Number six. Number six. Let me tell you about number six. I've never been sixth in anything in my life. I wasn't sixth to my wife. I wasn't sixth to anything in the world. I'm gonna come after you, Luger, baby. I'm gonna come after number five. I'm gonna come after number four. But I'm going to come after you, Steve, and anybody in the way is going to get it because I'm bringing the bell. Six, six, six. Jim, Bob, this guy is disgusting. Let's go back to you. (laughs) This was the best part of the night. It Um, was. It really was. Stan Hansen cut a promo on the number six. He did, and I felt like I was watching Sesame Street, just a, a better version of Sesame Street. I never did six to my wife. Never to anything. Oh, man. Six. Six. Travis, speaking of sex, we have (laughs) Susan Sexton taking on Bambi for the LPWA title match. I would love to know why this is on the card. And like, because I can tell you right now, the wrestling gods were looking down on us and figured that uh, with WWE's first ever women's pay-per-view evolution and how they're calling it the first ever women's only pay-per-view we would be graced with a match of the first ever all women's pay-per-view the lpwa fair enough um i'd so rather I, watch I take it a gracious gift yeah yes cool especially when sexton doesn't wear a bra and it's very apparent yeah it's, it's she's her they're pointy as fuck yeah, um, I don't know. I'm not going to comment about that because if you have nothing nice to say, then don't say it at all. <laughs> but um, I don't know. The title's really <laughs> the title is very small. Susan Sexton looks like the Intercontinental title a little bit in shape. Yeah, but it's like smaller form. in scale. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, she does a lot of catch wrestling, right? You know, that's it that's kind like of her style. Yeah. Um, Coddle and Jr lose interest immediately and talk about the upcoming sting wristwatch night where Coddle's like, well, I'd like a souvenir of that, even though they're for kids. I mean, what the fuck? Like I said, man, brain damaged. He's brain damaged. (laughs) Him and Rick Steiner, man. Yep. They need long lost brothers. They need like a, they need a podcast. They do. And speaking of long lost siblings, I'm pretty sure that uh, Susan Sexton, good old Susie is the long lost sister of Tom Petty. Yeah, for sure. And Either that or Dwight Yoakam. I think the bridge between both is Tommy Rich. Oh, yes, yeah, she's sporting Tommy Rich's haircut. <laughs> Man, that was my next thing in my notes. She's even sporting her favorite wrestler's haircut, Tommy Rich. <laughs> maybe he gave her a souvenir before the match. That's probably no. Maybe maybe she gave him a souvenir. Maybe maybe she unleashed those uh, unbroad titties. That's why he had to get the patriotic tights out. That's right. Because no, no. See, I got a theory. Tommy Rich had the Patriot tights, and he also had the boots to match until 
He uh, ended up knocking boots with Susan Sexton. They got rearranged, and the Australian Susan Sexton ends up wearing stars and stripes on her shoes in this match. Is that what she was supposed to Really? Yes. It must have been Tommy Rich's good old boot knocking. Huh. I think so. Tommy Rich? Tommy Rich. Small feet. <laughs> <laughs> Small dick? <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, Sexton, Travis, she would win by reversing a cradle with a cradle. And uh, they uh, they said that the winner might go out on a date with JR. So maybe JR and Sexton, maybe JR is going to get some of uh, Tommy Rich's sloppy seconds. Well, he was defending women's wrestling. He was talking about how there's been an isolation of it lately, but the women still make a living wrestling, stuff like that. So, you know, he, maybe he was trying to put a good word in for the winner. He could have. I mean, it's it's highly, highly possible. Uh, I mean, who knows though? Jr. Jr. seems to me like he could be a of a sexual predator, not sexual predator, deviant. Seems to me like a guy would like licking the insides of toenails and shit. Travis, let's celebrate Jr. It's time, uh, you know, let's let's celebrate him. Sometimes commentators they just want, you make you want to hang, shake, and bash your head. Sometimes you just laugh. But by God, this is the art of commentary. Why aren't you starting? There we go. Beautiful, beautiful. Two young men are tag team specialists. They have wrestled together virtually their entire wrestling career. This is the first match, to my knowledge, that Taylor has ever wrestled with Jackie Fulton. Fulton normally teams with his partner, Bobby Fulton. Outside of the ring, you see Buddy Roberts as he gets up onto the apron there. There's an international yeah, object yeah, rolling on that canvas. <laughs> Nature boy Ric Flair in rare awesome. form. I couldn't tell him Missy he was trying to get into that dress or get out of it. <laughs> it might have been an in-between situation, I'm not sure. Everyone has speculated, Bob, including you and I, just who this man is. And by the, obviously, I can't tell now, he doesn't... Resemble that he doesn't have a limp, he doesn't have any, uh, obviously, when he disrobes, perhaps we'll know more. Pure athletics! It's man on man! Loves his man on man. Every every week. We have it a man it must on have man. been Vince that kind of made him privy to all of these subtle, weird sh- things. Would it be Vince? Would it be? Because Vince. He would get Lex Luger, and I'm sure would beat off continuously in his office. Yeah, but okay, when Jr. was like in the middle of the Attitude Era, doing his like his commentary at that point with King, yes, he never said "man on man action" or uh, you know "Big Show just hit a power move." You know, like that never happened. Like he changed his style of commentary. It's true, uh, but uh, I would imagine there's nobody in his ear in WCW. You know what I mean? Oh, so this is straight from the heart, hey? Oh, boy, this is bad. What? A glimpse into JR's true personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame. It is a shame. But, Travis, you know what isn't a shame? Uh, I guess it is a shame. Yeah, this match sucks. We have the Hunter and the Silencer. Maximum Overdrive yeah. taking on the Steiner Brothers. Travis, could you please just kill me now? I can't take it anymore. Well, <laughs> you know, especially when you got Tim Hunt, who is, um, what is he? Tim Hunt. Uh, Tim what, Hunter. 
No, it's Tim oh, Hunt. Oh, sorry, Tim Hunt. You're right. He is Hunter. He is mm. Hunter. And the other one is... Who's the other one? He is uh, Jeff Warner. He is the silencer. Yeah I, yeah, I know their names. I just don't have their maximum overdrive. Silencer. Names. Okay, silencer and Hunter. Yep. Hunter looks like Beavis and Butthead. Or <laughs> Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. I was going to say, which one? He's got that... Both? He's got the mouth. Oh, oh, oh. The open, like, <laughs> the cleft lip. <laughs> oh, that's what he's that's grabbing the trunks. Be. He's grabbing the trunks. <laughs> you know, they, nobody can see your lips. <laughs> I know. He's grabbing the trunk. See, it doesn't make any sense. You're talking to the mic. It's just a voice that. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> they do have a pretty sweet music video for the Steiners. Uh, it's a shame that the music is overdubbed since you can barely hear the announcers over the music. But uh, Silencer becomes oh so close to being silenced for the rest of his life when he's almost dropped on his head by Rick Steiner. With a power slam? Yes. Yeah. He came miraculously close. This match, Travis, nothing at all. Just like the string of every other match on the show aside from the opener. Do we need two new tag teams on this show? That are powerhouses. Travis, we have three, because I'm pretty sure the Nasty Boys are fairly new. Oh, my God. Three new power teams. Yeah. Kid me. The Nasties will have a high-profile match at Halloween Havoc, I'm sure, and then they're gone weeks later. So that's that's that. But uh, the Hunter gets the tag. He immediately puts Rick up on his shoulder. Or, sorry, Rick puts him up on his shoulders Scott goes up top, hits a DDT from the top turnbuckle, and what gets the a win. Sweet double team move! I, was, Holy I thought that shit. was fucking dope. I've, like, I I've watched some compilations of the Steiners, um, in Japan and stuff on YouTube a couple months ago, and the amount of sheer near deaths I saw from this move being attempt uh, attempted. It's fucking crazy. I can imagine like, so many times in Japan, people like almost land straight on their head getting the steez he's delivered on them. It's fucking they're, crazy. They're a risky bunch. They love they love to uh just push it. Yeah. I mean they don't have a strategy, you know? <laughs> Rick Rick Steiner never has a strategy. That 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 top rope DDT? All off the cuff. <laughs> Stan Hansen though, he's taking on sorry, let me rephrase, okay? I had a full intro written for this match. It's time for number six. Stan Hansen is taking on the $156,000 man. Hansen still covered in chew, and Z-Man is playing to the camera before his entrance like a little weirdo. These two are like night and day. This must be the only reason why Z-Man got an entrance to is because he's being paid so much money. Travis, they asked Paul Orndorff to do a clean job to Stan Hansen on this clash. He refused and quit the company. So Tom Zink took his place and did the job. <laughs> Who the fuck refuses to put over Stan Hansen? Paul, Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, Paul, you beat up Vader in real life. Good for you. I don't think you stand a chance with Stan Hansen. I'm pretty sure that guy will kill you. Or at least spits chew in your mouth. Or knock your eye out of socket. Or break your skull. Yeah. Uh, he hurt somebody else, too. I think it might have been Johnny Ace in this time. Well, he was very uh, liberal with oh, he, how he would deliver his move. The lariat that he hits Tom Zink with, damn near pops him it, right in the ear. It's very like dense. Like it, it, it's not like 
nice to look at. No, it, it, it just, looks like it hurts. It's ugly. Yeah, yeah it does, especially with all the chew everywhere. Uh, we'll get a, we'll get on the chew later. Yeah, uh, they cut to Luger though backstage with Tony Schiavone, and uh, you know they essentially just say fuck this match. And uh, Luger is really calm, and it's very yin yang to Stan Hansen to the point where it seems cockiness, like he doesn't care about Stan Hansen. Like I would be worried about Stan Hansen. Yeah. But by the end of the show, why would Luger be worried? Stan Hansen has other people he's going to target. Because I mean, I'm right. He doesn't attack Luger, right? He attacks somebody else. Right? No, he attacks Luger. Is it Luger? Oh, yeah. I was thinking he attacks Sting. No. Fair enough. No, no I suppose. But there, there's more to talk about with the Luger. Yeah, well, no, we'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, Hanson essentially defeats Z-Man quite easily with a uh, powerful lariat, and he gets the win. And Yeah. You know, he's, he's number six. He beats Z-Man, who's not even registered. So does he move up? I don't think so. Uh, JR calls uh, or says that Hansen had created the clothesline. That's what he says on commentary. He, he said, said that he, create, cre- he created the clothesline, but he instead called it the lariat when he uses it. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I feel that's a lie. I feel like it too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's the creator of the so-called lariat. Which is like the super stiff clothesline. Yes. The, 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 the shoot clothesline. <laughs> It's hilarious, I guess. Because, I mean, didn't... Uh, no, no, Bradshaw calls it, called it a clothesline from hell. Yeah. So, fair enough. Not all dickheads call it a lariat. Every Japanese wrestler calls it a lariat, though. Lariato. Yeah. Travis, this brings us to the mighty Lex Luger, and they bring us to a hype video from uh, Lex Luger's Wrestle War 90. And Rainy. then another interview. I really don't care to listen to a Lex Luger interview, do you? No. No, I don't either. He uh, Luger essentially says that Flair sees the U.S. title as a stepping stone, and I don't see how that's relevant, other than the fact that U.S. title is number two. No, if if Flair gets the title, then he's number one contender, so it no, is a stepping stone. I, I know, you know, I get Flair it that way. but that the, title in order to get to the world title. Is that the story you want to tell, though, with Ric Flair? That he needs to win the below title. You know what I mean? It's Rick fucking Flair. Sure, um, especially when you have Black Scorpion coming into the yeah. picture. But now, if you take Rick Flair out of this equation and you put in anybody that would have been well suited to be a number one, two, or three guy in the company, yeah, then that would be a perfect thing to do. Yeah. I need the U.S. title. Like, say if Roman Reigns wasn't like genuinely hated by everybody, and he lost to Brock Lesnar fucking four times in a row. Well, how's he going to fucking face him again? Yeah, he he's got to get down. the next title yeah. that's available. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, yeah, Ric Flair, who is a six time champion, four time U.S. champion. Does he need to continue to prove himself? You know, no, exactly. I, 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah? sir. Okay, cool. I get you. I get you. We're on the same page with this. But this leads us into the uh, NWA US title match uh, between Lex Luger and Ric Flair. It was given a, a gracious three and three quarter stars. Not as good as their Wrestle War 90 match, but I mean, it's a television match. You don't give them what you want. 
I feel like there was a fly on my eyelid. Yeah, there's um, there's two <laughs> flies in this basement. It's crazy. I was on my eyelid. And it was just like slowly my eyelid was closing more Man, and more. Man, I had a moth fly right into my face the other night. Uh, they, yeah, they're dumb like that, especially yeah, if you got so like bad. the phone. Well, they're attracted to light, right? So if you had your phone out and it's reflecting light off your face. I had a cigarette. That's, well, that's the what it embers, was. The yeah. yeah, it, it was the amber for sure. Uh, but uh, Flair gets a fancy graphic. As well as Luger in these uh, these weird videos that starts with them entrancing and then goes. All the into- important people got them. Yes, uh, the Steiners got them. Sting got one. Sting got one. And uh, um, Ric Flair and Luger. I feel like one other person may have gotten it, but otherwise, it's it's irrelevant. It is. It is irrelevant. But uh, Luger starts the match, getting every ounce of offense in on Flair. The crowd is eating it up every statutory rape. That's not what I was trying to say. Whoa! Every Every single bit, I'm just going to say, because I don't know where I was going. I was trying to uh, to read what I had down here, but it wasn't working. Flair sells an injured back, and when they cut to his back, there's all kinds of lumps. There has been the entire timeline. Has there really? I wanted to bring it up, but I felt like, I don't know, I already rip on people enough, so I, I don't know. This is the, the first time I ever noticed on his him. Back. He does, and it's a sizable lump. It looks yeah. like it hurts. And it's on the the side of his back that he doesn't land on either. It's on the right side of yeah. his back, yeah. And it's a yeah, it's a big lump. Yeah, it looks like an Adam's apple located it really on does. his back. It really does. Uh, but uh, Flair sells an injured back. Luger is uh, giving him the time to collect himself until Swerve Flair goes on the attack. And uh, this is where we get the other man-on-man reference by JR because he loves his man-on-man blonde action. So at some point around this time, Tyler, um, it's during one of Flair's bouts of chopping Luger, and he goes for one chop, and he looks into the camera, and he says, Heard? Turner? This This is for you. you. Yeah. It's a good fuck you. Love that. Yeah. I agree because you know it's it's very well known that at this point in time there's a lot of clashes between no pun intended, uh, Ric Flair and upper management leaving the the creative community and everything like that wanting him to become Spartacus, all this jazz. It's it's a never ending cycle. It would have been perfect, Tyler. They could have had Ric Flair be Spartacus, Lucy Lawless and her Spartacus get up from the TV show valeting him oh instead of uh hercules being michael michael sorba it could have been uh rick flair mm-hmm. yep. what a what a tv show that would have been yep but i mean it's only so rick much flair could have voiced the hercules cartoon for disney yeah i don't know how uh how pg he would have allowed that movie to become he'd be trying to fuck pegasus and medusa wow pegasus is that you chris benoit chris benoit is that you wild pegasus <laughs> But uh, Luger starts to come back when all of a sudden number six Stan Hansen comes out and beats the ever living shit out of Luger, leaving him sweaty, soaked in chew spit and more. So Luger wins via DQ. Fuck finish for this match. Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Right. One of the only good matches we were presented with on paper and you just fuck finish it. WCW fucked him so bad that Stan Hansen gave him a cum shot full of chew. That's disgusting. And like Tony Giovanni said. He's a disgusting man. He's a very disgusting man. I don't understand why the chew has to be in this entire equation. I think he's, he's a just very trying intimidating to be looking man. Yeah, I think he's just trying to be very disgusting. His big red nose scares me enough. That, that alcoholic nose. <laughs> yeah. That guy drinks so much whiskey. 
Oh, you're goddamn right. Uh, Black Scorpion has some words for Sting, though, who was waiting to give his response. Let's hope Sting's mouth is not as dry tonight. We've both waited. Hey. And now, hey, the hey, time hey. is at hand. Sting, if you can beat me, I'll tell you all the world who I am. If you beat him, he'll tell you and all the world who he is. Well, hopefully I'm going to do that. It's make it or break it time for me. Taking this really serious. There's no goofing off now. I want to know who this guy is, so I think I'm going to go to the ring right now and get it straight. Okay, Jim Bob, he is concerned. The moment is now. So, Jim Bob, he is concerned. The moment is now. Sting, no sells this whole fucking thing. He's got the charisma of a box of fucking cereal. The box of, let's, let's, all original Cheerios, bland as shit. He's uh, not proven himself to be a world champion, in my opinion. Not in 1990. No, he doesn't seem ready for it. That's no. for sure. No, I mean, he doesn't. He does say in his post-win promo that Ric Flair was the greatest champion of all time, and he's going to try and fill his shoes. And yeah, At least he was modest about it, because, yeah, you know, <laughs> I can understand that argument about um, him not being in like the Observer Hall of Fame and him being widely regarded as a great draw, because... He's actually, yeah, he's not living up to it. No, and uh, really, you look at it, and what he says does ring true, because how do you follow Ric Flair? You know what I mean? It's Not a lot of people That's would be able to do to that. Fill. It is. Especially when the shoes. company is in turmoil. Yep. Yeah, who else would have? I think, uh, you know, they, they obviously did the right decision by putting it on Sting. They couldn't help that Sting got injured. That's not their fault. Teaming up at RoboCop, though, that's kind of their fault. Leading this up with a JYD match is kind of their fault. Fuck finishing Lex Luger over and over again. Kind of their fault. And having his first big feud being a rotating door of a masked person. Yeah, like they couldn't have just had his first feud with like a hot heel. Like someone that's... It's very true. Come on. But honestly, let's get into this now. Uh, this, in my opinion, screams... Uh, so Ole Anderson or somebody caught an episode of Twin Peaks and was just like, oh, this is what I want to do. That Bob guy, that's the Black Scorpion. Man, there is literally an episode where um, Major Briggs and Dale Cooper go fly fishing or something like that. Yeah. Or they're just like having a fire outdoors. And Major Briggs, or no, 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 Cooper goes to take a leak. And then all of a sudden there's a big flash of light and a hooded man in a black silhouette captures major Briggs and brings him to the black lodge and brings him back like episodes later. And then he talks like this. They got it from that. And then it's got that same music. Cause I know in the DVD menu screen on the new uh, Blu-ray that came out years ago, um, it, it has that one with the dweller on the f- threshold, the guy in the black silhouette with the hood. And it's got that same music. It's like, like very, Dale. very ominous and shit. Dale Cooper. The owls are not. The owls are not what they seem. But Sid, by becoming for your badge, but I'm coming for your life. Even like the lines of like Sting, remember California '86. That that's like a David Lynch line in a fucking film right there. The beach, California '86. The beach. Think of it, those three things. It's what the giant tells Cooper at the beginning of season <laughs> three. For fuck's sakes. This is John, all Linda, and uh, <laughs> yeah. fucking 430, 430. Yeah. 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 
It's uh, sorry, I spat on you during that. I didn't feel anything. Cool. Yeah, well, thank God for pop filters, right? I guess the uh, it really does. It's to me the whole thing screams Twin Peaks. Uh, Twin Peaks debuted in April eighth. This is September fifth. So. No, Twin Peaks debuted in eighty nine. Or no, no. I I don't. Wikipedia said April eighth, nineteen ninety. Sorry, sorry. I might be thinking of the international pilot. Sorry, that's fair. Uh, but either way, we don't. This is not a Twin Peaks podcast. It doesn't matter the uh, the factual. We could turn it into that real quickly. No, no, we don't need to. That's that's not a podcast that I can uh, mentally handle. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, it's just just talk that for hours. Like, oh God, there's the theories. I just I be mean, ran around so much. <laughs> This brings us, Travis, to our NWA World Championship match between Sting and the Black Scorpion. It's uh, obviously a play on Sting being a scorpion of sorts. Oh, of course, of course. And this is the black version of Sting. It, idealistically, if this could have been a year later and the Ultimate Warrior wasn't with the WWF anymore, eh, you know, you could make a, a argument for having it be Jim Helwig. Storyline-wise, that would have been the only way to make it seem like it made sense yeah but where they go obviously as everybody knows they go with rick flair at starcade getting unmasked and it just this wasn't meant to be that rick flair just wrestled a match are we supposed to believe that he put on all of that garb like two masks oh no 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 because the black scorpion was not the real black scorpion right that was al perez that's yes, yes as we should preface the match this week was with al perez and uh, there was another guy that was behind him. I had his name, and I feel like he's got a beard. David it- Sheldon. He was uh, that's who it was. David Sheldon. He was an American professional wrestler, better known by his ring name, Angel of Death. His gimmick was to play taps on a trumpet before his match. Huh? Yeah. Okay. That's who played the real Black Scorpion in this show. Al Perez being the imposter. Fair uh, enough. Travis, how conceited of a champion to come out with a portrait of himself painted behind him. This is the second show in a row it where is. he has that type of thing. It is. His sting is a charisma vacuum with artistic friends. I no, guess. Sting is ahead of the curve. Oh. Because he wanted a music video to play up on a screen before the match. But they just gave him a photo instead. See, if Black Scorpion would incorporate that in his gimmick a little bit, like burn it. Or something. Man, if Black Scorpion could just come out with the lights dimmed down, I'd be okay with it. It would work a whole lot better. Yeah. The WWE, well, even in WWE. They didn't do it with Taker for a while. No, it took a long time for them to do it with Taker, too. They weren't good at the ambiance. It was just, you know, wrestling, take it as it is. Yeah. But uh, J.R. Marvel's over Black Scorpion. He says he definitely does not have a limp, so it's not Ric Flair, right? Can't be. It's not possible. But, uh, not going to lie, I thought Black Scorpion started strong. I wasn't expecting anything match-wise, but no one really ever talks about the matches when they talk about this in retrospect. It's always just how shitty the angle was. You never hear that Al Perez was totally competent in the ring. No. But, but you do hear that he's batshit crazy from Jim Cornette. Yes, yes. And the reason why he never made it anywhere because he couldn't get out of his own way. So that tells you right. With fuck-ups like Lex Luger. He with would literally like ask Sid, people why he wasn't world champion. Yes. yes. And eventually got blacklisted from wrestling because of how fucking crazy he was. He was he was something. What was it? The Latino heartthrob or something was his nickname? Well, uh, Cornette said that he was a good-looking dude, great shape, competent worker, shit like that. Yeah. Sting, he gets the upper hand. 
Uh, but all he wants to do is find out who is under that mask, and he begins to grasp at the mask and try to rip it off, all along not realizing that if he just wins, he will be able to find out, technically. So why are you wasting your time and allowing him to get the upper hand by trying to rip off his mask during the match? You're making yourself look like a stupid babyface champion, which is the last thing you need to do, especially with how Sting is not really being received well, although this being one of the highest-rated clashes of all time. But, you know, maybe I, the Black Scorpion had to have something to make this the highest-rated clash of all time. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, Twin Peaks was doing good ratings for its first Everyone season. Everyone loves a mystery, man. Yeah, Everyone everybody do. You're exactly right. A mystery intrigues everybody until you fuck it up. But you need a story for the mystery. You need to yeah. hash it out. You can't just be like, we're just going to put a dude under a mask and leave it inconspicuous and that's it. Yeah. There's got to be an end game. <laughs> it's kind of like Twin Peaks, too, in the way, because at the end they were forced to show somebody. And so was Twin Peaks, and that's when it all went downhill. And it all went downhill, yeah, yeah. because they had no plan to. No. But they had a plan. Like, well, it's like the whole wrestling logic that uh, it's always better when the baby face is on the chase. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The show is they're going to lose this luster once the baby face finds the killer. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But uh, really, you know, uh, uh, this would give uh, Black Scorpion the upper hand. Uh, he would, uh, he would uh, you know, just get more offense on sting sting then would also show us some of the worst punches in pro wrestling history i thought that they were so light and so off the mark trying to be right on the chin but slowing down just before he got to the chin it was just very sloppy but uh sting would win with a cross body he would then try to take the mask off of black scorpion and it's a red mask inception why didn't he go for a third one like why didn't he just keep on ripping them off i don't know I don't I mean, know. Eventually, they just dumbfounded. It's like he put on a second mask. It's red. I gotta beat him again. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he beat him with a stinger splash. Like, yeah, really? Like, I mean, he's he's technically you can you can go along with that because he's the imposter black scorpion. Yeah, but I just can't wait until they implement the uh, scorpion death drop. Which yeah. is at least like a believable finisher. Yeah, no, I get you there. But Lord not knows, a, Tommy a. Rich wins his matches with the Fez Press. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, all of a sudden, Travis, another masked man comes to the rampway. Apparently, this is the real Black Scorpion. He just stands there, meningless, not even menacingly. He just stands, stands there. there with his arms crossed. Better than later on when he's got his arms up. Like he's doing the thriller oh, dance. Oh, man, on the video of promos. Oh, God. Yeah, that was bad. You can go on YouTube, and if you type in Black Scorpion WCW, the first thing that pops up is every promo and appearance of the Black Scorpion, essentially, from September to uh, or August to December. And it's abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Yeah, it's 14 so. minutes long, but, you know, it's worth it, especially if you want to get, like, some visuals to what's exactly going on. Yes, so like, our promo, our open for this episode is a part of that video. It's his first promo, you know, when he's like, You're 86, <laughs> California, the beach. <laughs> Fuck it, Shockmaster. It's literally the Shockmaster voice, Ole Anderson and everything. It, I think we're off to a fine start with this this Black Scorpion bullshit. This is the whole sole reason why we started this promo, and and or this this promo this arc, this whole arc. And you know, it's soon coming to an end. After this episode, we have two more episodes of this arc, and then uh, we we got an idea of where we're going. 
But uh, more on that to come, you know, probably during our Starcade episode. Maybe we'll drop hints here and there. But uh, Travis, you got it. Jr. He ends up going into the ring with Sting. Uh, Sting looks confused. He doesn't know why the Black Scorpion is focusing on him. So obviously, eighty-six, the beach, California means absolutely nothing to him so far, or at least he probably just busted someone's beach ball. Maybe and this guy became a wrestler and swore to fucking <sighs> scream down vengeance on Sting. Maybe he was at Venice Beach in nineteen eighty-six, working out on that beach. The you know, like in the the Baywatch episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't wipe down his his bench after he was done. Didn't sanitize Ooh. it. Somebody caught a, a you might fungus get skin infection from that well, melanoma. Yeah. Melanoma from from not wiping down. You a never sweaty know. Thing. That's that's probably how uh, the, the lifeguard got it on Baywatch. I would imagine you can you can get, <laughs> <laughs> just got it. Just yeah, got it. yeah. But uh, you can get a good fungus infection, I'm sure. And maybe he got a fungus. And that's why he said uh, at one point in time, Sting, if you saw my face, you wouldn't recognize it because he got like some weird herpes from him. And <laughs> he just got gangrene. Face. Yeah, that yeah, could very well be it. But uh, st- JR also brings up the, the clues as to who he can be when all of a sudden Sid Vicious enters the ring. And like Biggie said, man, more money, more problems. Sid yells more and more about how he wants that fucking title. And he's really hot in the face here. Red as fuck. Blood pressure through the roof. Sting then says, sure, and dismisses Sid and leaves. And then Sid just uh, attacks. No, he says to bring it up to the championship committee, and then he leaves. Like, but he, he says that he's a- fine with it. Yeah, I know. He doesn't give a shit. No. And then he goes out, and then Sting attacks him with a pair of stick of scissors. Not really. I mean, just fists and feet. But, I mean, whatever. Sid Vicious. He will eventually do that to somebody. And uh, before his head explodes, Sid Vicious just uh, yells into the into the camera that Sid Vicious rules the world. He does say, shut up, Jim. <laughs> when Jim said nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking and said, like, I'm going to be fucking awesome. I'm going to pretend I can hear. The I just love how he thinks that in order to get over or be a heel, he should always say that he rules. Like, that's, that's I just love true. that verbiage, you know, that is very true in, in the third person way. Like. Sid Vicious rules when you're Sid Vicious yourself. <laughs> when you're Sid Vicious and you do Sid Vicious things and your brain is half the size of everybody else's, you rule. Oh, yeah. But, Travis, that's 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 Fall Brawl Madness Clash of Champions or whatever the fuck this is. Yeah. That is the show. Uh, before we, we want to get out of here, we have, I believe, probably the final world according to Tully. And you'll hear why. Tully Blanchard's comeback tour in the Indies was cut short by an Achilles tendon injury and needs major surgery. This would be another factor as to why he would ultimately leave wrestling altogether because you got to take a long time off of that. And uh, shortly, a couple of weeks after this injury, Tully Blanchard uh, proclaims that he had found God and he's going uh, on the church circuit preaching to teenagers about drug use and how cocaine ruined his life. He said he's currently unemployed, and they took up a collection to help him while he's injured with a torn Achilles tendon. Then WCW once again starts making offers to Tully Blanchard, but now he's so deeply into Jesus that he's not interested in returning at all. You know, Tyler, I think Tully Blanchard's true Achilles heel was himself. And maybe cocaine. (laughs) 
But Travis, this episode has come to an end. All right, so our next show is Halloween Havoc 1990. Um, Tyler, the first match I'm looking at under this slew of matches, what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, High Piper, six, seven, eight, nine, ten matches. We have ten matches. It's nowhere near the 20 matches you proclaimed earlier. I said in the show. 15 after Shut Up. But the first one, Tyler, Ricky Morton and Tommy Rich take on the Midnight Express. That's because uh, Robert Gibson gets injured. Yeah. Wild Bill Irwin takes on Terry Taylor. Oh, Brad, they, they were ta- they, weren't they teaming up? No, no, they that was Jackie Fold. Yeah, uh, Brad Armstrong, the Candyman, takes on Silencer from um, Master Blasters. No, from no. Um, um, the oh, other guy, Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. The JW Storm. Yes. Um, the Master Blasters with Blade Al Green take on the Southern Boys, as we said earlier. Um, the Fabulous Freebirds with um, Little Richard Marley. <laughs> They take on the Renegade Warriors, which is compromise or um, comprised of Chris Youngblood and Mark Youngblood. We have an NWA United States Tag Team Title match. The Steiner Brothers, with no strategy, go in to face the Nasty Boys. No strategy. You'll see how it goes. Junkyard Dog takes on Moondog Rex. Oh wow! Yeah, about straight from like the like 70s. The early eighties, seventies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the NWA World Tag Team Titles, we have Doom taking on Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. Oh wow! Oh, I'm excited about that. Actually, that's probably why Butch Reed wrestles Flair at the Clash. Oh, after that, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, for the NWA United States Heavyweight Title, an obvious one here: Lex Luger taking on Stan Larry Hansen. Yes, I'm getting these mixed up. I keep on thinking the other person fucking interfered. Oh yeah. And then we also, we have the uh, creme de la creme main event of Sting and Sid. Yes. Which is garbage. Absolute. You've like, seen it? Well, it's not, I don't need to see it you know, to say this because there's no way that you would in any way, shape, or form 1990 headline a major pay-per-view with Sting and Sid Vicious. The only way a Sid Vicious and Sting match could work is if Sting pretty much like Stinger splashed him, laid out all of his best Black shit in comes like out. two minutes. No. And then Sid fucking gives him a whirly bird power bomb he's the new champ that's the only way this match could work uh, and i'm not saying that i want that to happen no. nor will it but that's no. the only way you can get a sid match to work because the only match he can do is a squash that's true that's true i i i completely understand i i get you for sure i uh i feel like i'm gonna sneeze nope gone okay whoo <laughs> <laughs> But uh, like I said, head over to backbreakreview.pivotshare.com and use code Federation at checkout. You'll get a free two-week trial and also 50% off your first three months. Do that. You got over 130 hours of content from Alberta Promotions plus special editions from promotions around the world like Bar Wrestling in uh, Northeast USA or maybe that's New England. I can't tell. And Preston City Wrestling in New England. Uh, new content added weekly, only eight nine nine a month and cancel any time. So it's time for our Twitter shout-outs. If you retweet our pinned episode of you know you know how it works retweet the pinned episode you'll get a shout out on the show just like people like jim vicious j viva la jd christopher er suplex city limits you can find me on suplex city limits every saturday or every weekend usually friday or saturday one of the two we recap the week in wrestling and then johnny utah dallas ellingsworth dom homie fat superman hood naito jared 
Jared from Pay-Per-View Take 2 on the SCL channel. Uh, Sam Sheeny Land, Sam Sheeny Land, Sam Sheeny Land, whatever it is. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, Sat Pod, Balls Deep Network, Klondike Bill, and Mike Malawani. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> I've never taken a class on how to pronounce names from, uh, from the Edmonton Sports Podcast Network. Another way to get a shout out on the show is to donate to our Patreon. Uh, the uh, Fug Club as well, but that just so you know, the Fug Club. We're just gonna. We're not gonna use the Fug Club anymore. If if you want to uh, to donate through PayPal, if you you can, whatever. But there's not gonna be nothing for you. But donate to our Patreon and get a shout out on the show, just like these fine folks: Chris Savage, Dallas Ellingsworth, Ty Loney, and Mitch Woolridge. Thank you, guys. You can follow us on Twitter at The Federation. You can go on Facebook, The Federation Podcast. Buy our t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. And uh, keep on uh, being sweet, sweet uh, listeners of The Federation. We'll keep on gracing your ears. We we went away for a little while, but now we're back in succession with two fast episodes for you guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, we even had equipment problems today with Tyler's stand, but yes. we're here. But we're Tyler here. had a broken mouse. A broken stand. I got so upset today that my mouse, my Apple Magic Mighty Mouse, Magic Mouse. I think this one's the Magic Mouse. It wouldn't connect to my Apple, my 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 one connected to my TV. So I snapped it in half out of frustration and had to go to Best Buy and buy a new mouse. But that new mouse is fantastic. I like it so much better than my Apple Mouse. And then my laptop stopped charging. <laughs> and now it's charging. It seems to be cool. It says it's 100% while I'm doing this show. So... And at one point this week, I had to rewatch a Tommy Rich match that's, that's, for the that's sake horrible. of restarting my computer unexpectedly. That is horrible. Yeah. I feel for you. Not really, but I do. It, it I feel was, like I got to say that because you're my brother. I've been through worse. That's <laughs> for sure. But uh, Travis, should we uh, you know, let these fine listeners off the hook? Yeah, let's nip this one in the butt. Let's nip it. Keep on rocking free world, Dan. Do, 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 do. Do, do. Yeah!